Hey everybody, it's Aaron with Hunt Hard Talk Free, brought to you by Ballistics Custom Turrets. Don't forget, we've got a HHTF10, Hunt Hard Talk Free 10, which gets you 10% off your next turret order. On this episode of Hunt Hard Talk Free, I've got Brendan and Nicole Kelly of Ovastone Apparel. Brendan or Brandon? Brendan. I did say it right. Yeah, okay, good. Nailed it. Um, welcome to the podcast, and uh, tell me a bit about yourselves. Well, uh, I'm born and raised in Fort St. John. I won't hold that against you. It's actually funny. Uh, <laughs> if you're born and raised in Dawson, you hated Fort St. John kid. Yep. <laughs> so growing up, hated Dawson and everybody in it. Every time you know, the hockey tournaments. You no, know, that's what yep. it was. Very hockey. And now that we live here, we absolutely love Dawson. Great place. But yeah, born and raised Fort St. John. I uh, lived there for 32 years. Uh, just kind of grew it up outside out of town a little bit and then my grandparents had a farm i spent a lot of time out there you know farming helping with the horses cows whatnot and that's kind of where i fell in love with being outside i think and then uh yeah i started just going to the mountains with my dad when i was 12 holy yeah. that's an early start yeah and he, my dad wasn't a big hunter so we always did mountain trips so it was more or less just like a boys trip yep and then one of my coaches other hockey coaches came with us, Art Billado, and he took me on like my first elk hunt, and we went up elk hunt and got all messed up in the backcountry there, but fell in love with it, absolutely loved it, and then, yeah. So were these like Musqua watershed yeah, hunts? Exactly. or northern? All, all region seven, yep. uh, all region seven, so like lots of, went up the Musqua bits, uh, the Graham, mm -hmm. uh, the Twatty, I remember going up the Twatty lots. Yeah. Halfway, that's kind of where we went to get our first elk, and was up the halfway, and uh, and then yeah, kind of just got into guiding after that. So were these horseback trips or yeah. boat trips? No, they or? all started out uh, horseback trips. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my first one ever was with a buddy. Uh, we went up into Nevis Creek down in the Lee's farm and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. First time ever sheep hunting was was pretty sweet. How long did you hunt before you were successful with sheep? Uh, well, my as actually it's a funny story. I started guiding. For Sicken River Outfitters in 2003. Yep. And I never killed my first sheep till 2008, but it was <laughs> uh, my first sheep hunt. Uh, the very second day I shot my first sheep. <laughs> and then I think I went on a dry spell for like five years after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and solo when you yeah, I was, so yeah, first oh, wow. solo went on a solo. Like we, we horsed up in, we got lost, we made camp. I went out, found a bunch of sheep, went up the next day by myself, camped over one night. Went out the next day, killed a sheep. It was like one of my first sheep I really ever seen. Yeah. Killed uh, like a nice nine year old sheep, and yeah, I was I was hooked after that. Yeah. And I'm like, this sheep hunt would be easy. Like, anybody can do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then just dry spell after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate in the same way that my first trip out, I harvested my first sheep. Yeah. Um, but normally they say the year you start is the year your sheep is born. So yeah. you're going to be hunting eight years before yeah. you have a successful hunt. Yeah, and that's exactly how it was after I killed my first one. Yeah. Just could not figure it out after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you were guiding, would you hunt the areas that you were guiding? Um, no, never. Like, I think that kind of goes against the rules. Like, you never. Thank you. You never, <laughs> you never, you never hunt where you guide. Like, yep. now, like, so I take, I took my kid. He was, he was four at the time. I took him back in that area. Yep. Just because, you know, I was familiar with the area. I knew the trails. I knew if I got in trouble, it was easy to get out. Yep. So, he went back once, but 
never hunted it other than that. Right. Well, and that's why a lot of guides and outfitters prefer to hunt or to hire people from Alberta. Yeah. Because they're not coming into hunt. They won't hunt their area. And I think like some guides, you know, like you'll guide an area then maybe like five years after or whatever it is, you might go back. Anyway, so I was like, uh, how I got my guiding job was actually kind of funny. I was uh, in high school. You know, I'd come home from playing hockey down south, finished, graduated high school, and I was working at uh, a sandblasting shop with uh, McRae's, two of you used to go to the mountains all the time. Yep. And uh, my outfitter, Mike Hammett, would come in and get, like, parts sandblasted all the time. And I knew who he was because I went to school with his daughter, Jenny. Yep. So I remember he came in, and I was, like, you know, I was, like, almost, like, starstruck. I'm like, oh, shit, like, there's Mike. Like, I, <laughs> I could get a job with this guy. But I was too too scared to, like, go talk to him or whatever. So finally, he came back to get his truck parts for one day, and I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna go talk to him. So I finally went up there, bullshitted with him, and he had, like, a real, like, American accent. So I was like, oh, you know, like, you looking for guys. He's like, oh, yeah, you bet. I'm like, oh, sweet. So he's like, yeah, just give me a give me a call. So, yeah, gave me a shout, and he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I went up there and got a job mid-August of 2003. I worked for them for 13 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were awesome. Great place to work. Yeah. Yeah. In that time guiding, um, what did you learn about buying quality gear? Well, that's where it started, right? I remember uh, we went up there. I went up there in August, uh, and I had uh, the green Pioneer rain gear, which was terrible. Yep. You know, Doesn't breathe. Didn't have. Didn't even have like a zipper, just like the buttons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a pair of Morel, terrible Morel boots, moxin rubbers and moxins, and like a cowboy hat some leather gloves and i just thought it was absolutely unreal i'm set just set for the mountains like (laughs) i'm a mountain man now and just i remember like all year just freezing hated my life just was frozen (laughs) all the other cowboys and the guides that's all they were wearing and i just didn't want to like whine about it or whatever so suck it up yeah i sucked it up but then after that i remember coming out and flipping through all you had was the cabela's catalog right so flip through that and you'd buy whatever stuff they had the next year was a little bit better, and then the next year was a little bit better after that. But I just remember thinking, like, this gear is just shitty. Like, it just sucks. And <laughs> why don't they make anything? Like, Sitka hadn't come out yet. Yep. Kuyu didn't come out till like, 2011. So yep. that's all you had was the Cabela's catalog. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I wore. Yeah. Just would freeze. Yeah. <laughs> Waterproof but not breathable products. Yeah. And, and keep you warm until it gets wet products, and yeah. then you're and cold. I just, yeah, and... and I just remember thinking, I did have a pair of, like, it was a, uh, polyester uh, uh, base layer and i remember because they used to wear like the stansfield so that was yeah sucked, right yeah i remember thinking this polyester is like quite a bit better than everything else that i'm wearing so i started getting a little bit smarter after that and, but i just would always think like why is there not something better, better. something better out there yeah so, like i always would think about it there's got to be something better but never did i think i would actually get into this line right yeah doing this kind of thing yeah and where did this idea come from? Just that <laughs> right there. I just was years and years of sheep hunting. And then like Sitka finally came out. Then I finally broke down, bought a bunch of Kuyu stuff when they first came out. And I thought like, this is unreal. But there's still things I didn't like about it. Yep. Whether it was like the color, the camo, the way it fit, just whatever, right? So I always would talk to pretty much every sheep hunter I went with and just be like, well, I think I could, I think I could change this. I think we could do this better, but... It was more or less just kind of just two sheep hunters bullshitting on the side of a mountain. Right? Yeah. It wasn't until, well, like COVID or two years ago that I finally decided, well, I'm going to actually 
I'm gonna have to do this because I feel like I could do a better job than some of these guys or most of them, right? Yeah. So. Not even that. It's finding something that you're passionate about doing. Brennan works in the oil patch. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And sometimes you get in your everyday going about it, and but what's that thing that's gonna get you passionate about? You know, you've been in the oil patch for 15 years, same job every day. And, you want and it pays well. The security's yeah. there, the but it's yeah. not something that you look for. Like, there's no personal it. passion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do we want to do that we're going to be excited? Or it was his idea, and what's going to make him excited? And then, okay, we're going to do this thing. And it was the two of us and our son that kind of were the only ones. And we're it getting it going. And then, yeah. So now it's become a really fun process of learning all about it and doing it. Yeah. You can pause time. it if you have to, yeah. if yeah. things are busy, and then you can kick it off again when when you're ready. Yeah, I actually had Buddy the other day. He uh, was talking to me about it. He's like, "So what are you gonna have like a sweatshop in your basement?" And I'm like, "Well, no, but like if I have to, yeah. <laughs> and if that's me in my basement sewing stuff, then that's what I'll do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Well, that's, that's, what, that's how it all starts. That's how it starts. It right? starts somewhere, yeah. Yep. And it was basically just like, all right, well, I'm going to do a whole shit ton of research here, and I'm going to find a designer, and that's basically where it started. Yep. Yeah, we just made a, lost a lot of money to get it started, so. How long did it take you to find, to settle on a designer that months. this is who you're going to work for? Yeah, months. Work with? So, like, first off, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, Made a business plan. I talked to uh, my cousin in Port St. John. He's just getting into sheep hunting. He's a business owner. So he helped me out a lot. Yep. Getting, like, the business started and running into plan and, like, everything that goes along with that. Right? Yep. So we did that. And then, obviously, it came up with the name. I didn't know what I was going to call it. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of an idea. And then, yeah, I just researched for months, calling people, annoying people, sending emails, just, like, <laughs> nonstop, right? So, and then finally, decided <clears throat> on business in Vancouver right. and it came with the designers there a few of them had worked with Lululemon so we knew and Smash and Tess which are big Canadian brands or you know Lululemon started out in Canada so we kind of knew the background there and we knew that they had worked with bigger brands yep. so um, yep. yeah they called us up and went down <laughs> for our first meeting we didn't know if there was going to be we didn't know what we were walking into. We're going down to Vancouver. It's still COVID, so we're driving down. And we have a meeting at 3 o'clock in Vancouver, and we didn't know if they had, like, 50 employees, if we were walking into it. So we walked in, and it's just, like, a wide-open design studio, and four of them worked there. Yeah, okay. And just were working directly with them. So we felt better after that. We were like, okay, because you don't know You're what not you're just a number into, right? to a corporation. Yes. Well, and, like, they had never worked with, like, obviously hunters, so I just had an armful of hunting gear with me like yep. this is what I want this is what we're doing yep. this is my vision and I just kind of yeah just been running with it ever since and it's kind of exciting for them too because they haven't done anything like this before they have worked with Arc'teryx but still Arc'teryx is in the fast right you know, tights fast fashion for outdoor wear right say where this is very technical and they like the idea of coming out with something new and exciting so yeah and fun well, my biggest thing was like to them was, I want someone to buy something, and never have to buy something ever again. Like you buy a pair of pants, I want it to last forever. Yep. That was my goal, and it always it has always been my goal. So. Yep. 
I think that's kind of like the driving force behind it right now. Yeah. Just durable stuff that lasts. How has it been? How has the process been trying to find the technical materials that meet your oh, God, needs? That's <laughs> that's difficult because you get like you get all these samples. You get like a fabric sample in the mail, and you're just like, yeah, I don't know. Like this. Seems... How do I go run this and through the forest to see how it holds exactly, up for the noise right? it makes? And, and... Like, and that's the other biggest thing is you know you'll get a prototype. So we're on prototype three, but I only had our second prototype for my last sheep hunt. Yeah. You only have a short window that you can test this yep. here, like in the elements it's going to be tested in or worn in, right? Yep. So I took it on a one 16-day sheep hunt and come back with a lot of good stuff and a lot of not-so-good stuff. And But now when we get the third prototype, which should be done right away, like I'm, it's hard to like simulate that same backpack-style September hunt, right? Yep. So like testing it's difficult because you want to obviously bring it to market, but you want to test it so it doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we've seen... Whether it's with apparel or whether it's with firearms, we've had we've had companies that ship us one hundred thousand dollars in product, yeah. and then fifty percent of those have to be sent back or, yeah. or more yeah. because they didn't do their quality control and yeah. test the product before they shipped it out. Yeah. They tried to meet that deadline to get it into consumers' hands by date X, yeah. and it didn't work. And I think one of the biggest things too is like I'm building stuff that like myself and like other guys that I like trust to like about stuff with like yep. other sheep hunters that like we're building stuff that we want to wear like if i think if you're building stuff that like tries to like you want the whole masses to enjoy you're never gonna build anything great so you need to be very specific as to what you're building it's a small niche market it's a small niche market <clears throat> and like that's that's what we're going after we're not going towards everybody we're going after like hardcore sheep hunters and yep. goat hunters and and that's one of the things, too, is where you got to stand your ground when you're designing this stuff. Because the designers we do work with, they design fast fashion. Like, right. a lot of these brands, it's the lowest price point to get their stuff out the quickest they can. Yeah. With the and highest profit margins. Market, profit. Right? And they'll turn it over the next, I'll buy another one next year. I'll buy another one the year after. Like, oh, I want these zippers and I want this material. And they're like, well, that's going to cost more. And I, I don't care how much it costs. Yeah. We're going to charge this price, this is our, what we're going to charge. I don't care if we're only making this much money. Right. You have to use the best of the best because that's the only way we're going to. And let's be honest, companies like Arcteryx, they still have very high profit margins. Very high. Even when they were doing small production runs, they still, especially if they're a direct consumer, have yeah. very comfortable margins. Very so comfortable. if you're putting a little more into the design of it up front, you won't make as much up front. But if you build the brand that people then know and trust... It'll, it'll grow. Well, right? and if, if your first products you come out with suck, <laughs> your company's over, right? So. Yeah. There won't be a next year. You've invested everything be. in year and one. Especially when it's your life savings, right? Like yep. We're investing a lot of personal time, finance. heart, personal finances into it. Yep. You want it to be quality over quantity is what we keep saying. Well, know? and it's now your That's name. You Even though the company isn't your last name, people will associate this with you guys. Yeah, so this is your brand. So you don't want it to be crap. Like a child, yeah. This is your other child. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like m my mother, who, when I bought her out five years ago here at the store, had a two-year retirement plan, and then she'd be done. Yeah. Well, she's still here five and a half years later because yeah. she says this is her third child. Yeah. The business is. And so it is. Yeah. It's she's done this her entire life. She grew up in it. It was my grandparents before that, so it's all. Yeah. And and so it is. It's more than just a business. More than a business. It has to be if you want it to last. 
long time. Yeah, like and have and be years. meaningful. And be meaningful. Yeah. You could just launch a business just just to make money, and well, hopefully it takes off. But it's different to have the passion. And I think a lot of people do that, right? They'll launch launch, launch a business, and they want to sell it, right? That's yep. their whole mo. Yeah. Where that's not our mo at all. Yeah. This is hopefully creating a legacy to pass down, right? Yeah. And also, back to, we were talking about finding quality products. When you get a fabric, like when they send us fabric samples, some of them are an inch by an inch. Yeah. And that's what they expect you to make a judgment call off of. Yeah. And one of those things where you think it's going to be a quality product, like we, our second prototype for our hoodie, you could touch it and it would pill. Yeah, yeah. You know, just not quality fabric well you don't know that but when you're like we're dealing with factories that actually make the fabric for you and then they send you you know it's a whole process so all of these little processes have taken you know we're at almost exactly a year we went down february 4th and met the designers last year and we expected to be you know be able to sell by now right what was the goal for the fall like yeah. last fall, yeah. we're here in the spring. Yeah. We want to have product to sell in the fall. It was 100%. Yep. Well, they said 8 to 12 months. So we kind of figured. Spring. Now we're like, okay, it's probably 18 months to two years in all honesty because we're on prototype three, which we're hopeful. Yeah. But it's just that fabric component where I think the designs will be good this time, but I'm <clears> still not 100% on the fabric. Yeah. And that's, like I said, like the fabric is, it's a tough one. Yeah. 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 And you can, you can like go to these. Like there's lots of quality fabric companies. Like who you could go to, like Puku is using, or Sick is using, or Polar Tech. You can use, and we are using like the same materials. But I'm testing them, and I'm still just like, this isn't what I want. Like it's not good enough. Like, yeah. So gotta do something better. Yep. And then they're just nonstop sending us fabric samples, and you're, yeah. Like how, how do you test a fabric sample? Like, it's gotta be a prototype <laughs> that I can. Tie it on the back of the quad and just drive yeah. and see how it yeah, exactly. <laughs> holds yeah, up to the beat. Wrap rocks in it and chuck them down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's been the biggest frustration, I think, and the biggest learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. For us. Yeah. We're just trying to keep that. All our designs so far just keep them simple. I don't like all the schnazzy pockets and this and that. And so, everything we have is just super simple, easy designs. What's the plan for marketing? I mean, outside of this podcast, which will take you around the world. No, I'm joking. But outside of this, what's what's, what's the marketing plan? Because, again, a lot of people don't think when they start a business, I have a product that I've designed that I want to sell. Um, and e- it could be the best product in the world that, you, you know, everyone should have. Yeah. How do you get them to know it and want your product? Yeah, that's... Especially in a competitive market where there's everything from your $50 to your $600 competitive products how do you work your way into that niche yeah that that's difficult but i think like for us i think well one word of mouth is the most important like everyone says like you know grow it organically what does that mean well it means just you buy it and then you go tell your buddy and he's like oh then he go tells his buddy yeah so that's kind of the best way to grow something slow obviously like social media can blow up your your brand as well but yep yeah, I think just like organic growth, buddies telling buddies, um, we're gonna this fall hopefully if our stuff is done we're gonna we're gonna film a hunt with it all, so either just film it myself or if it's not too crazy expensive we'll 
okay guy to film it for us. I've got a guy. <laughs> I do have a guy. Yeah, he's based out of Vancouver right now. He was in Southern Alberta. I'll, I'll give you all that info afterwards. Yeah. But, um, our last commercial that I'll show you when we're done here as well, it was, he did the videography for that and he's the videographer for the other guy I told you about before this. That so, comes up and hunts up here and brings a videographer that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And like when I was guiding, like I was videoing hunts before it was cool to like video hunts. Yep. But the problem is my video cameras all sucked. Yeah. I wasn't good at editing. Yeah. Nor did I enjoy the editing. I liked videoing. Yep. But the editing, so I never like I got all of this footage. Yep. But I just don't know how to edit stuff. So yeah. I need well, someone who is good at that. His name's Peter, and he owns a company called Mavic Media oh, yeah. that I'll give you all his contacts for. Everyone else out there, if you're looking for the best videographer in Vancouver that, that we've found that uh, loves this, he, he's not originally in the hunting world, but he got into it here a few years ago when a client brought him up here, and he absolutely loves it now. Yeah. And uh, hoping to, we're hoping to get him back up this fall to do some filming again. Yeah, I appreciate guys like that who can just like make a nice, yeah. solid video. It's hard. It is very hard to do to edit stuff. I'm not good at that. And then editing, and then audio, and then getting your colors right, and it's it's, it's time consuming. I, I remember once I was on. I had two weeks off, and I edited a hunt video. Yep. And it literally took me two weeks, and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not horrible, but it's yep. not great, right? And I'm just like, man, that took me two weeks. Yeah. Of my whole days off, and it's like not that great. <laughs> I've got. I still have. My sheep hunt video, 80% complete, and I, I'm, I haven't finished it in four years. Yeah, and I, I have a hard time, A, I don't want to release it for judgment. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It's a self-conscious thing about my hunt. Um, and, and B, it's just, it's, it's tough. It really is tough. And to do it well and to figure out, make sure you're telling the story that you want to tell. And Well, and that's another thing too. Like, like I don't like to share pictures i don't like yep. sharing video because like if you're anything like me you show me a picture of a sheep you killed there's if it's in region seven i'm going to find out where you killed it yep. right because i can tell by that picture yep. so the mountains in the background the there's so the many giveaways so you you film a video and you kill a bunch of nice rams people are going to find where that is yep. and nobody if you're a hardcore sheep hunter you don't want anybody going to your spots right, right? on the same token though or on the flip side of that is don't chase dead rams yeah, don't, just because there was a beautiful yeah, ram in there this season, there won't be one next year, yeah. right? There may not be one there I next do, year. I but. do enjoy finding like good areas that nobody goes to. Yep. So we went actually this last hunt, this last October hunt, we went to a spot where I had hunted for quite a few years before it was like the spot to hunt. Yeah. And it wasn't like this year, it was not my first choice. It wasn't my second choice or even my fifth choice to go. But that lake, we left like the October 1st, I think we left. We couldn't, nobody would fly us anywhere, right? Yeah. The rivers were all too low to take the jet boat where I wanted to go. So we went to the spot I didn't want to go. And there was like no sheep around. <laughs> it was like the worst thing I've ever seen. It was brutal. That's 16 days and we seen like one little ram. It was, it was sad to see actually. We went October last year as well. I, I didn't get out this last fall, but the fall before Greg and I went yeah. and joined some friends on a, a hunt in an area that we hadn't been in and went out. October 1st? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and everyone else had just come out of there, so yeah. we were the only ones going in yeah. that late in the season. Yeah. We ended up running some of the, the guide and outfitters that were in there, their gear down to their trucks because they had a multi-day yeah. horse trip out, and we're like, just throw it in the boats. We'll run it down there. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, I don't think I'd go, I mean, it was great to be up there, but we, we got in on it was what, 36 different, or 36 rams in small groups over eight days up there, but there just wasn't a legal ram. There were a couple that were, could have been, but we weren't, we hiked in on them and just, nope, leave them, let them grow another year or two. But they harvested all the big ones. And I mean, our last or our first few days there, they were spotting the same ones that we were hiking in on. Yeah. Just they were watching them on their last couple of days out. But yeah, there's so many spots to go to in the region seven. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things that once you've done it once, you either love it or you hate it. Oh. I've talked to a lot of guys that say, I went on my first sheep hunt, yeah. never going back, want nothing to do with it. 100%. <laughs> you love it or you hate it. You're you, either hardcore yeah or just like you're never doing it again yeah yeah <clears throat> it's hard it's a <laughs> lot of work it's hard. Yeah. yeah yeah when yeah. you look up that mountain and oh, going all the way up there yeah today and then yeah. back tomorrow and probably the next day if you're not camped out up there and yeah, yeah no it's you're burning calories yeah, yeah. i absolutely love it yeah. yeah yeah 70 pounds on your back <laughs> i do think too like one of our biggest marketing points is we're a small canadian business and that's how we're going to market ourselves in the fact that there is a lot of bigger companies now yep. and a lot of them are American if you follow who you from the beginning they started as a smaller company only online they had one sale a year you know a lot of stuff has happened over the years and now they're almost like a mass produced yep. we'll never be that big and we don't yep. intend to be that big but we are marketing ourselves as a Canadian run a family business it it is literally starting in your basement six-year-old son that are building this business together trial and error and so that's the way you know telling our story that way of you know the background of guiding and just our family adventures having the videos that way yeah the folks on family owned and operated and and we're gonna we'll grow our business that way and well and it's all the guys that we're getting feedback from they're all they're all guides and they're all just hardcore sheep hunters right like it's People want to support smaller businesses. They want to support Canadian businesses if yep. they can. And trying to do that the best way we can is how we're going to market our business to start anyways. And, you know, things could take off and you... Well, and the goal will be to scale it. Well, of course. And right? then things will change yeah. down the line. We but. obviously want to scale it so we're, the company's making money. Because mm-hmm. I want to give money back for conservation for so my kid, when he's my age, he can hunt sheep, right? Or, or your kid whoever right? yep. so I don't want it just for us like I want like the next generation to come out and do the exact same thing I did I want him to go experience guiding if he wants you know yep. like that's that's really the end goal go make less than minimum wage work your butt off exactly. <laughs> yeah. and come out with some serious yeah. character yeah it's yep. funny you say that I remember, I remember when I first started I think I made around $4 an hour in the mountains yep. for my hours 50 bucks a day yep. working non-stop it's flat rate yeah and you're, they're gonna they're gonna work you. Yeah. <laughs> Every ten days, you might get a fifteen dollar tip if you're lucky. Yep. As a wrangler. Yeah. Yep. Or they leave your gear, their gear with you. <laughs> yeah. That's gear. those are the good tips. Yeah. When they let I, you I keep did, their binoculars or. I did get a brand new pair of like uh, rangefinder binoculars as a gift once as a as a wrangler. Awesome. Yeah. Still got them. Yeah. Fifteen years later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it's about. You get the experience. You get out. You see some countrysides. You get some. If you're good, you'll get some good gear out of your out of the hunters and stuff, and and just have an awesome time in the mountains. 
So for anyone that doesn't know, tell us a little bit about the name. Well, Overstone, yeah, the name was, I didn't know what I was going to call it. I knew I wanted to like go after sheep hunters and I just enjoy hunting stone sheep. I have a hard time going south hunting bighorn because I just want to always go up north, go hunt stone. So yep. like, well, what would be a, 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 like a fitting name? And then, like there was like full curl and all these other names I thought of, but Overstone is just the abbreviated name of the scientific name of the stone sheep over stone, stone ivory. And the logo. So the logo, that was one of the longest things to come. So I had hired artists, like graphic designers, and I yep. got a bunch of like just terrible logos. Like, oh my <laughs> God, like this is going to be brutal. So this, the logo is actually a sheep. A buddy of mine killed, me and him, we killed 2019, I think. Okay. It was just like just an unreal like lifetime ram like 11 years old just broomed off heavy nice sheep so i'm like i'm gonna get someone to like draw this sheep so i put a post out on my instagram and buddy actually shared it and there was a they someone had suggested this one girl and she ended up like just living up the road from us (laughs) so anyways yeah she she drew us up the logo and i was like yeah like this is this is awesome that's very cool that yeah. it was someone just down the road. Yeah, literally up very the road. Very cool. My neighbor, yeah, drew it for us. So, yeah, she did an unreal job, and, yeah, that was, that's how that came about. That's another thing, though. You think, okay, a logo, two weeks. We'll have the logo done, like, yep. you know what we want. Yeah, no, four months. Yeah. And it was, like, a painful four months. Well, and like everyone says, like, oh, it doesn't matter what your logo is. Like, it doesn't matter. It totally matters. And I'm like, well, this kind of matters. Like, it yeah. needs to be a nice logo. Like, it can't be just something stupid, right? So, yeah. To me, it was, like, super important, and I wanted, like, a nice, like, hand-drawn something. Yeah. And I remember I when I was guiding this lady who cooked for us, she had drawn, like, a picture of the Chadwick Graham with a pencil on one of the cabin walls, and it was, like, the most amazing picture I've ever seen. And I tried <laughs> to, like, track her down to get it, but I couldn't find I didn't know who it was. <laughs> Nobody knew. So that didn't quite work out. But, yeah, uh, this, this logo turned out pretty good, actually. Our elk head that we have on our the Corlanes logo um, that I was, I was a high school teacher at the time and I just knew that we needed something for Corlanes. And so I worked on that and came up with 25 or 30 mm-hmm. different elk designs. Yep. And I just show them to yep. Brenda Rod and Tim and say, Hey, what do you guys think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? Yeah. And it was months and months and months before we had the one that everyone, everyone was like, yep, yep. that's the one. You go cross head looking at this stuff. Yep. It's like, Oh man, you gotta like take a break from it and then yeah. come back and look at it and be like, okay, no, 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 this one's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean the whole time we knew we wanted black art, like a black art, like a Browning buck mark, yeah, but with an elk, yeah, and something that over time it would you'd be able to just show the logo and people would tie it to the brand, Instantly, right? Yeah. Without any any words, yeah. just yeah. I want that logo. So if someone has a sticker on their car, people will be like, ah, oh, yeah, it's Corlane's. Yeah. Yeah. And so to find what sets apart your brand. Yeah. It's, it's very important because that is your brand moving forward, right? Yeah, you can change the logo if you want it to do down the road, but it's kind of the foundation of of the brand. Yeah, and I didn't just want any, like, I just didn't want some random picture of a sheep on it. Cause, like, you know, yeah. I, and I kind of felt like, you know, like, you know, there's, like, Kuyu and, like, the Black Lotus or whatever. Yep. They all, it's all kind of, like, the same. And it just seemed like just, like, a, just a regular sheep. Yep. Or that somebody had drew for them that meant nothing. Yeah. So like I wanted something that actually meant something. So like this sheep was 
I, I never killed the sheep, but I was super like proud of it. Yeah. Just to be like part of it and be there. Yeah. It's got meaning. It's got meaning, yeah. So yeah, you don't have like, to be the one to pull the trigger. You were there on the hunt. Yeah, and I honestly enjoy, like, I haven't killed a sheep now in, like, four or five years, and I just enjoy taking buddies out and seeing them kill sheep. So now I want to get Cash, my kid. I want to get him a sheep. Yeah. And we went on a sheep hunt when he was four. A <laughs> <laughs> little early for him to do his first, yeah. pull the trigger on his first one, yeah. but hey. <laughs> what I told him, so it was actually funny. We went out, so he was four years old when he went on his first trip. We brought his little uh, BB gun his bb gun yeah and i'm like okay like if you can get you can get close enough and you can shoot this sheep with your bb gun i'll kill it for you right (laughs) (laughs) but we never we never did get on a sheep that trip but it was still yeah and i bet it was memorable for him oh he packed that freaking gun with him up and down the mountain in his backpack so how far do you guys have to hike on that trip well we uh so i went back into like where i was guiding so we quadded in a couple hours then we hiked in a day and a half uh, I went up this trail, and I remember it, I'd only been up this one trail like a couple times guiding. Yeah. And there was one spot on the trail where it's like the trail hooks hard left, and it looks like you like follow it, but you actually don't. So I get to the spot, and I'm like, oh, I think this is the spot. I'm like, oh, maybe it's not. Second guess myself. So I take the left like an idiot, go another kilometer, then I'm like, yeah, that was the spot. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, we'll just start bushwhacking. So we start bushwhacking, and he was just not. So yeah. like the bushes are hitting me in the chest they're hitting him in the face finally yeah. he just drops to his knees all dramatic and starts crying and I'm like okay <laughs> like, it's going to be okay Like I'll take you back down to the river we'll throw rocks in the river for a day and you'll be good so we went back down the river and hung out and then we went back up the next day but never did find any sheep Yeah. <laughs> no it's it's tough I mean on our hunt we had a a young guy too and we hiked in an area that no one had been in and we got lost for a half day and looped back and ended up back where we had started yeah. at noon that day and it's now supper time and yeah. deflating so and then crossing creeks back and forth and then slipping and falling and getting wet and it's a grind and it really shows you what what you're made of especially for like kudos to any yeah young person that's able to to make that trip because it's it's not easy you gotta love you gotta love the suck is what you gotta yep you just gotta <laughs> love, love the, the suck. suck yeah there's your next Statement for your shirt. Yeah, yeah next slogan, <laughs> love the suck. Love. <laughs> He's done that stuff since we've been doing stuff like that with him since he was one, though. Yeah, no, and like, okay. and like I got back yeah. and people were kind of like, oh, like that was crazy. You brought a four-year-old. And I'm like, he, like, you spend a lot of time outside with him. Like, he can cut firewood better than most guys can cut firewood. So, yeah. Like, and like yeah. we run through, like, if something happens to me, I fall off a mountain, like, what do you do? And he would pull out my inReach and then you'd have to run the inReach, right? So, like, I didn't just go in there blind, but, like, right. you, you get back after <clears> a trip like that, and you're like, yeah, maybe it was kind of dumb. <laughs> well, especially with the grizzly situation now. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. And I'm definitely a little more conscious now of, like, bears. Like, when I was guiding, you know, you're always on a horse. Or yeah. Didn't really didn't really run into a whole lot of bears. And I've honestly only ran into one bear at, like, a bear encounter once yep. on a backpack sheep hunt, which is two years ago. It was, that's actually funny too I uh, like come up on this ridge and uh, I like go to pull my binoculars out and I like see something move and I'm just like oh shit and there's like a bear and he jumps up and he's like right there and I'm like oh shit draw my binoculars pull my spray out and I remember I bought spray from here and there was two kinds and I remember the lady asked me she's like do you want the powerful one or like the non-powerful <laughs> and I had like the non-powerful one in my hands and I'm like 
oh, this is fine. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I'm like, I wish I had got the powerful one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spend a little more, get the yeah. higher, yeah. capsaicin amount, but yeah. it shoots a little further. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works, though. Oh, yeah. It works. Well, and that's what Jeremy Evans, the, the yeah. mauled um, author, was talking about that he, he said he could have had a semi-automatic rifle in his hands yeah. and it wouldn't have helped him when I he totally, got mauled. He was saying, I totally 100% agree with him. Like, you know, everyone's got like the quick connects or quick releases on their rifles. Yeah. Like, that's great. But that bear, at the one that came at us, was coming at us so fast. Yep. There's no way I'd have got that thing off. I would have had to rip off my scope covers. Yeah. And point and shoot. Yep. It's on you. Yeah. Even if I, even if we could pack a pistol, I don't think I would have had it out in time. Yeah, the only the only way that the pistol could help if it's easy access easy access is when this arm's down the bear's throat exactly. and you can pull it off your chest yeah. and shoot it ten times in the yeah. chest with a semi automatic that is cocked. Yeah, right. Like that bear spray, man. Like the first spray was like on a race shop, so it was so windy it kind of just blew the spray and it kind of just startled the bear. Yep. And I was kind of like, <laughs> and then it came at me again and I just waited and just like right down that thing's face and it just instantly spun and it was out of there. Right. you're hitting three senses it's sight it's smell and it's taste and you're overpowering you think of how well we smell and if you've ever been hit by spray oh, i mean I we we had we had tim test it out front of the old store a customer came in to ask if there was any color to it yeah. so he sprayed it on the concrete sidewalk in front of the store Yellow. well it cleared out the store yeah and oh, really? we could not be in we're, we're all just <laughs> we're coughing and gagging inside the store because oh, after they sprayed it they walked in the store and opened mm-hmm. the door and just a small amount came in. We had to close the store down for the rest of the afternoon. It's, I, don't, I don't know. It's stuff is crazy. And you think a bear can smell like a kilometer away. So it's heightened senses. Yeah. Now you're hitting it with a blast of that stuff. Yeah. Their sight, their smell, and their taste are all overwhelmed. They're not going to be looking for a meal at that point. Yeah. So yeah, I pack one on my hip belt. And I mean, I think I'll pack another one like on my bridle harness. Kind yep. of or something. Well, and, and uh, um, Badlands bino harnesses, they're actually... For this season, they've released new ones that are more modular that you can actually hook more onto them yeah. specifically for that in mind. Because yeah. that's what I've got is I've got the bino harness and I've got my inReach snapped on one side. I don't have bear spray on the other. And that's what Jeremy says he does. He's got them both there that he says doesn't matter which arm is in the bear's mouth. I can pop that sucker off and spray it in the face. But yeah. he says too many people have it where if you're laying on the, if it's on your back or your hip and you're down on your back, you can't grab it anyways, a bear on top of you. So he says, keep it close and accessible. Well, at all and I've times. had like I've had like the neoprene pouch. I didn't have like a strap over it. Yeah. And I've sat down and got up and I walked an hour up the trail and it had come out of that pouch, right? Yeah. I didn't have my bear spray, and you're like, I ain't going back to go get it. No. Like it's gone forever. <laughs> yeah. I, I am going back. Yeah. So back to the Ovis Stone. What are your thoughts if somebody came to you today and said, you know what, I've kind of got a cool idea for a clothing logo. I think people would buy it. Should I do it? What would your answer be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do we do it? I think, honestly, we haven't, it's been a good experience for us. We yeah. haven't had too many. I think once we get deeper into it, right now we've put out a certain amount of funds to get started, but we haven't made our big investment yet because we're not, we haven't gone to manufacturing. You haven't had to order your big. Our big 100,000, you know, yeah. Yeah. where it, there goes your life savings. Yeah. and you're in this but for us it's been you know there is times where you're feeling like unsure about something that's going on but why not try it 
you're going to regret it if you don't. Yeah. And, like, I don't regret us starting it at all. It's been, you know, a fun experience for all of us. We're getting to experience new things that we, that I never thought I would do. And meeting new people and, yeah, it's fun to be passionate about something and grow it from, it's your baby, right? So yeah. growing it from the bottom up. And yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I would say the same thing. Like, I would tell that person, like, what do you have to lose if you don't do it? Like, probably a lot more if you don't do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and if this is something you're truly passionate about, then yeah, you're going to want to do it and pursue it. But I would say go into it with your eyes open. And like you said, you went into it with a business plan right off the bat. Like, yeah, you can't go into it blind. Like, if you're going into a business completely blind, like, you're just, it's a disaster waiting to happen. You gotta, you gotta know people yep. who've done it. Yep. And you gotta talk to them. You gotta do your own research. Like, you gotta be smart about it. Yep. Or it's never gonna last, right? And like, honestly, we went about it for probably six months before we told anybody. Even mm-hmm. our families didn't know. Our parents didn't know. Nobody. We just yeah. kind of started it quietly and. Because we also didn't want other people's opinions about right. you should do it or yeah. you're going to regret that. Or, yeah. We have a great job. You know, like enough. we understand that and we've talked about it enough. We, we're going to try it. And yeah. if we fail, we fail. But at least we tried, yeah. you know, because we, we needed a change. You know, you're, you're doing your nine to five job and yeah. sometimes you don't feel like that's enough. Mm-hmm. And having that fire lit under your butt then you're wanting to do it and you're excited to pursue the next step and it's an exciting process. Then we told our parents, yeah, we're, well, we've already started it. We've already, yeah. you know, we've gone to Vancouver. We've and, paid the designers yeah. pretty grand already. So. <laughs> yeah, we asked Brendan's parents, can you watch cash? Why? Oh, we're going to Vancouver. Oh, okay. What for? <laughs> we're like, oh, we have a meeting. They think it's a meeting for Brendan's, like, day job. Yeah. Never tell them any different. And then later down the road, yeah, when we went to Vancouver, we met with our designers and done it they're like what (laughs) yeah yeah so you know it's one of those things that yeah just be true to your what you believe you want your company to be and take the small steps don't think it's going to fly off the ground in 2.5 seconds because it's not it's going to take it's going to take a long time everything that you think is going to take a month probably is going to take six and but sometimes at the same point that's how it's supposed to go. Like, I don't feel anything we've done hasn't gone in the way it's supposed to, which is nice, too. What would you do differently if you, if you could rewind the clock, start over again? Is there anything you'd do differently? Mm, I don't think there's anything I would change. Okay. The, the biggest thing right now for me is, like, obviously our designers are in Vancouver, which yep. is a lot of travel. So, like, during COVID, we had to drive because we couldn't fly. And then it just, it just like, it's taken forever it seems so it'd be nice like our our end goal is to have everything done in-house like our designers will be here hopefully we can manufacture here if we can't manufacture here then manufacture somewhere in north america Mm -hmm. right now everything is just being like built overseas and we want to change that obviously yep but canada makes it tough for really tough they just make it difficult to run a successful business that kind of stuff well, and, like, the COVID aspect of all this. Yeah. Because we're, we are dealing with plants and fabric plants. You don't understand, like, half the time China or Vietnam was shut down. So then our stuff was totally halted, right? Yeah. So something that maybe was supposed to take a month now takes 
four months because they're on factory shutdowns down there and everything. You couldn't have picked so, a worse time to launch an apparel business yeah, <laughs> going into COVID, you know, which you had no idea, COVID, right? Inflation, like yeah. every little shipping. step of it, shipping. Yeah. It's like we're at the peak of expense right now in the sense of nothing has really been this expensive before. Nope. And you're starting a business and you're going, people are saying, yeah, normally this would be like $20, but now it's 80 You're like, oh, thank you. But, there you isn't a There isn't a small business out there who isn't losing money on shipping any kind of bag. No. No. Yeah. no. Pre-COVID. A container, like for us to bring a container in, was about thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Then it went to about seven, then eleven, then seventeen thousand for the exact same container. Yeah. Um, and then there was some extortion beyond that. That, and that this wasn't coming to us. This was our, one of our suppliers in Edmonton that he had. It was a, a sea can of safes coming over. That should have been a thirty five hundred dollar container. That. They're up to 17, but then the owner of the, the boatyard basically is like, well, the boat's full. There's no room for your container, but for five grand more, we'll make sure it gets on there. So yeah. then he was like, it, it was full on extortion, yeah. but do you want it on the ship or not? And you need it. Exactly. And so he was like 21 grand for that same sea can that should have been 3,500 bucks. Yeah. Who pays for that? The end consumer. So when that product was should have been 100 bucks, yeah. it's now... And will the end consumer pay it? Well, if it's, if it's the only ones coming in, it kind of gets passed down. So and it's tough. Like like you got to make a profit margin, or you can't sustain a business. But at the same time, like you can't gouge your no, consumers, right? No. And I mean, a prime example is the ammunition sitting behind you right now. Oh yeah. Am, ammunition or powder? A, yeah. a can of powder was fifty four dollars pre COVID. Yeah. It's now like ninety bucks, yeah. and our margins have not gone up. If anything, they've slightly gone down. Gone down. Because it's ludicrous how things have climbed like that. Uh, raw metals. I mean, when we had a riverboat built before COVID, um, from we ordered it in November, got it in March, and the cost of aluminum went up by like ten grand. Um, and now that same boat post COVID is another like forty five grand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. So yeah, that's been definitely an eye opening learning curve of the whole process too. Yeah. Right? Firefish, a 17-foot convict with the with the EcoBoost in it, but just the tiny little 2.3 Eco. Love it. Um, We've had a few. Again, this is the what first year, second year that they put that motor into boats. A couple minor issues that we have been ironing out, but phenomenal power. Uh, Greg and I had it fully loaded with a couple thousand pounds of gear. uh, Sure, I don't remember. (laughs) Seven, eight degrees somewhere in there. Yeah, it's just the Six and a half foot wide, yeah. Um, but that puppy gets up on plane with two thousand pounds in like a boat and a half length, just yeah. pops right up. The turbo spool up, it's phenomenal, it's and not that on fuel, really. Yeah, we were quite impressed on that trip. We came out with a, a lot of fuel, over half the fuel that we brought up there, yeah. So, and it was about eight yeah. hours up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been up there too. Yeah, me and Mo, man, we uh, we were gonna buy a boat, but then. Okay. My dad did too. Like he's had his for 15 or 18 years. And he's got a buddy in Grand Prairie, Dwayne Petherbridge, who has worked for a lot of the boat builders out yeah. there. And he helped him build the frame, or not yeah. the frame, the, the jig. Yeah. And then came up and helped him. And dad learned to aluminum weld on his own. And, yeah, same. Yeah. My yeah. uncle had uh, like a welding shop, so we just have it in there and everything's welding away. Yeah. There's sh- some shitty welds, some not so bad welds, but. Yeah. 
One thing I would change is we got like a sport jet. I just wish that we had a V8 or something bigger. Gotcha. Dad's got a 175 sport jet too, but it, it's a 15 and a half or 16 yeah, foot boat. Short. So it's it's good for that little boat and maneuverability, and two of us yeah. can lift it off the rocks if you yeah. end up high and dry. Not yeah. lift it, but push it off the rocks. Yeah, because like you say, you go eight hours up X River. Yeah. You got a lot of fuel and all your gear. Yeah. Good luck getting in the step with those sport jets. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where that little EcoBoost was. No problem. Yeah, like Popping up. Sweet. Yeah. I'll show you pictures after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from an investment standpoint, again, looking back, if you were to tell somebody else, is this is this an easy adventure to get into or is this no, a you better have you better have some money some backing? Up. So like yeah, we you know, just starting a business, not making any sales, you're a couple thousand dollars, just like you gotta register me this and do that and get your bank account set up that just everything costs money yeah and then to pay the designers it was a twenty thousand dollar bill and then you're just to start just to start just to start and then we had to pay another because we're on our third prototype that was in an initial contract so we had to pay another three grand so if we go to another fourth prototype it'll probably be another three grand which most likely will and that's is that any change or can you do minor changes minor within changes, that three grand? Like I was like, I wasn't changing like a lot of major stuff, but like enough that. Wow. We had to pay another three grand, right? So wow. Okay. Hopefully, we're hoping that there's not enough changes that we can do a few minor changes without another three thousand dollar bill. But we'll see. We'll see <laughs> next week. We're close on the design. It's like I said, just the fabric. So, you know, trying yeah. to get those fabrics and then getting the prototype in those fabrics. Yeah. Yep. That's the hard part. Right? Yeah. They'd have to rebuild the whole prototype yeah. and do that. Another thing is that's different too. When you're getting a prototype, you get it, and it might not be in the color fabric you want, or it might not be. You know, they put really cheap zippers, they put really cheap yeah. snaps, they put really cheap stuff. And when, like, when we go to order this, we have to order our minimums, so it's going to be a big financial investment. Well. Before I say we say yes to anything, we want to make sure yeah. that everything is just how you want it. Like, yeah. well, on your when you order, they'll put those things on. It's like, no, no I, I actually need to see this before you yeah. order it. Like, I need it said and done because then I won't be sleeping at night. I'll have a well, well, heart only, attack thinking about you know. Not only do I need to see it, but I need to like give it to some guys and they need to try it. So it's yeah, yeah you know, get some honest feedback before we spend because it's you know minimum order quantities are pretty high so you're working out a hundred grand yeah right and you're not you haven't sold nothing <laughs> <laughs> and the thing too like our financial investment so since it's been over the year it doesn't seem that you know bad. we're putting out a couple thousand as we go a few times brendan works some overtime shifts at work we use that money you yeah. know you you're doing it i have a part-time job and then do what you can yeah but because it's been over a year it hasn't seemed like you know you're you're not like oh my god this is like you didn't write a check for yes we we did we wrote a check and we paid the 20 grand for the designers but other than that everything's been like as out of pocket just paying as we go yeah and then obviously we'll have to figure out how we're gonna come up with 100 grand but for the initial big order for the first order yeah yeah, because we're in a high interest rate area right now for loaning you know yeah (laughs) 
Again, worst time to be doing it. (laughs) Interest rates doubled. Yeah. Yeah. And they they consider the first order like a small one, right? So Mm -hmm. when you order like your first small order and then you get another bigger order, you're like, Jesus, like we sell everything. Like our next order could be like a half a million dollars, right? Mm -hmm. But also in the sense too, now that we have the designs of the actual hoodie and the pants, then we can make, you know, then we can do a lightweight pants and you can do a merino wool hoodie and you can like, and then flip your profits and we've already spoke to them about like what we want to incorporate next where then that design process won't take as long and yeah. the fact that there'll be base layers and things like that a little so easier maybe not as technical as the pants and the hoodie yeah um they are more familiar with the base layer because they have done it for other companies yep. so different things like that but well, and hopefully we can come up with more than just like two pieces to start because that's we're like okay well what we can what can we afford to come up with and what would be like the most beneficial? So I just thought, well, a pair of pants could be a, always going to be wearing pants. And yep. I'm always got a second layer hoodie on. So. And the pants are the most important, other than my boots. Pants and boots. My pants are kind of the most important piece I wear. And I've got one pair that I've now had for about 12 years. Same. And I haven't given them up. Yeah. They're starting to get the holes in them, but those are my go to yeah. pants. And I'll keep wearing them till I can. Yeah. What are they? They're a Sitka pant. Are they? Yep. Well, and a pant and a hoodie. My dad will wear the pants and the hoodie. He, yep. he doesn't hunt. He's still going to wear the stuff. So yeah. people will wear <clears throat> the stuff for, you know, hiking or different outdoor things. Yep. So it's a more versatile piece as if we came up with rain gear first. Well, you only need, you need rain gear in the rain, right? So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, but, I'm yeah, not... it's been a nice, because it's slower, the yep. financial hasn't been like a... Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth every penny, honey. Mm-hmm. You know, everything we, we've we done and put money out for, it's yep. something that I'm well, I'm proud of. It shows. And I'm not one, I'm not married to a brand. I want to test things and see what I like, and then I'll make my mind up based on that. And, I mean, being in this industry is pretty helpful because yeah. they'll give you samples and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I've got some Badland pieces that I absolutely love, and they're half the price of Sitka. Yeah. Um, I've got that one pair of Sitka pants that I've had a hard time beating. Now, that being said, King's Camo's come out with some that I'm really impressed with at the price point and what they're offering. So I like to test them out, and then I'll run them for a season. And then I'll give you my honest, honest opinion after that season. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I'll test everything. And yep. Like, I'm not loyal. I wasn't loyal to I'll try anything, right? Because yep. I want to know what's the best for yep. the best price. And yep. And, I mean, we used to sell Sitka here for quite a few years, and their prices kept creeping up, and then our yeah. sales went down. And then Badlands came out, and then those shot through the roof with their over-the-counter warranty and yeah. all, all those sort, sorts of things that they offered. Um, our Prince George location, when we opened there, we wanted to have Sitka there because there was a demand for it. And we're debating whether we'll bring it back in here because it's doing well yeah. at that location. But do you buy the $600 jacket? Do you buy that $350 jacket? Yeah. Or do you buy the $50 no-name yeah. crap jacket from somewhere else? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want a $50 jacket in my store. Yeah. I want the quality stuff that then has backing, but there's things that I like about each brand. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the interesting things that your pictures I've only seen a couple with it, but how'd you come up with your camo pattern? Well, that was that was a big one for me. Like, there's lots of cool camo patterns, and yep. you could go down a rabbit hole. Been there. Like, <laughs> you know, there's yep. like the micro camo versus the macro, like how like the dichromatic and like trichromatic, like yep. we see compared to like how ungulates see. Mm-hmm. Like you go down like a rabbit hole, but I'm just like I just want 
something that one looks cool but doesn't look cool it ain't no one just buy it nope. and uh, I just wanted like certain colors like I felt like I, no, nobody had the colors that I liked because I'd be up in like this sub-alpine or whatever right in September and you're just like like yeah I like this camo looks sweet but like it kind of looks like an idiot you stick it like a thumb right <laughs> so I just yeah. wanted like colors that blended in with like that up high yep. sub-alpine sheep hunting country yep. and yeah so, I just um, yeah, found a designer and she was unreal. Yeah, Apparel Mark put us in touch with this graphic designer and she came out with. She was awesome. Well, we had them all over the wall, just all these camel Everywhere. patterns, and we'd stare at them and then kind of eliminate a couple. And then, yeah, yeah, it, was, it took a while. It took a long time. Yeah. I was, yeah, same thing. I was going cross eyed looking at camel patterns. Yeah. And yeah. then the first prototype we got. Was they it? were they were making that material, so they were able to put it on. So nice. we did actually see it and printed on that material on to see how material. it looks yeah, instead of on the on a, of on a wall, paper in my on a wall. basement with like fluorescent lights on or yeah. whatever. Right? So yeah. I actually got to like take it outside and test. Colors it. were good. Everything. Yeah. 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 That's that awesome. Fabric was just too thin. And, yeah. yeah. So, but it was good to see it because now we haven't seen it again because they just use what fabric they have there. Yeah. Yeah. Out of that role. I'll probably do like when it comes time to like to order stuff, I'll probably do like a poll on like Instagram or my yep. website and just see like who who likes camo and who likes solids because like I, I'm back and forth and I know like a lot of guys are hardcore solids, some guys like camo, so it's that that'll be a tough to like I'll give you my honest opinion. I think you have to do both. Well we are and we are yeah, that, we are. We're we can it. split that minimum <clears throat> that we need to make. Yeah. And Yeah. Well and that doesn't all have to be in the first launch either yeah. that could be your spring and then your yeah, your yeah. fall order exactly. that we're going to add the solids to it but we're starting with or w whatever order yeah. you want to do that right yeah our plan is to come out with like kind of like a 50 fix 50 like half camo half a solid color we haven't really decided on the color yet we're still kind of going back and forth as yep. to like what's a good solid color that guys like to wear right mm -hmm. is it gray is it yellow is it brown or green or whatever yeah and i mean again being in the industry i see it with all the brands that we we sell and you, you see it cycle between more of the solids more of the camos right now we're in a solid phase i'd say yeah, right now where a lot more of the solids are coming out yeah. uh, with all the brands yeah. who were strictly camos yeah. and stuff but now i mean obviously digital camo is the way to go instead of real tree camo and yeah. then now solids are huge yeah. and a lot of guys will still wear a solid bottom but then a camo top they're like ah. and also it's great marketing you can have the exact same pants people already have the camo so they're like i love those pants i'll get it in this color this color this yeah. Oh, now I have four pairs, right? Four yep. colors, you can wear them up down. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. It's the, the Gucci hunters. Yeah. That the camel isn't actually for the mountains for a lot of the guys. It's for, they want to be seen around town in it. Well, and it's like, <laughs> it's like anybody, you see someone walking down the street with like Sitka, you're just like, oh yeah, he's a sheep hunter. I like that yep. guy. Or yep. right? like, you, <laughs> Stone you, Glacier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You recognize like either the logo or the camel color or mm -hmm. whatever, right? So our, our, our is a little different, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um... Well, I, I guess, where can we find you? Where well, can we find your product? Where do we find Ovis Stone? Uh, we got Instagram right now, so we're just Ovis underscore Stone for our Instagram, and then we got our website, which is Ovis-Stone.ca. Yep. And then uh, we got Facebook as well. I don't really go on Facebook a whole lot. I'm not too familiar with it. I just kind of <laughs> run the Instagram. Yep. <laughs> and, then the, and then the website as well, mostly. Yeah. And then we are starting to venture out and we're going to start once we have some product doing the trade show 
circuit will be at the Sheep Chill event here in Dawson. Right? Yeah, on the third we got a, yeah. we're gonna have a table set up for Friday night. Yep. So we'll have we got uh, we got like some t-shirts and hoodies. We're gonna do some giveaways. I got a buddy to build a knife and a case, so we'll do some giveaways for that. And then we got like uh, we got a little banner. Let, with, let's throw it out there. Who's your buddy building this knife? Oh, he's in Alberta. His name is Shane Elliott. Okay. Yeah, he's just an old old cowboy. He just loves building knives. So he's built me one one so far for a giveaway and then he built me another one and i just built my own leather case for it very cool yeah awesome just, just an old buddy that loves building knives in the butte excellent yeah um anything else that, well i guess the one thing i didn't ask you is when can we expect to see product ready for sale well crossing my fingers hopefully by this fall it'll be done awesome yeah. get so a good get a good test on like this spring this summer and then yep. yeah get on to manufacturing and get it here for this fall that's our that's our goal anyways right and that's for the technical gear do technical you have gear. do you have what i'd call swag gear available yeah, we, yet we got swag and like my like our goal we never did like i'm not into like selling swag but like we wanted to get our name out there obviously so the hats and t-shirts and, and toques and, and, yeah, and that, that kind of stuff. stuff yeah we got all that stuff on the website we're gonna have a whole bunch of stuff at the sheep show so you can come down and like check that out awesome yeah. excellent yeah. uh if people want to reach out to you how do they find you well we know where to find you uh, do you want them to email you? How, how well, do you want people to? Is just either you can message me on Instagram or go on the website. And there's a contact on there. Just send us a message and it goes right to my email. Excellent. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Anything else you you guys want to throw out there to the public listening? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> we're just, uh, I think honestly, like what sets us apart from like all the other brands is we're just, uh, I think we're just Canadian companies with hardcore dudes helping us out. And you've put the time in again and again and again yeah, and i think it's working our, through my your background and like the guys helping us it's their background like yeah. they just like even if i wasn't doing this i'd be out there slugging the hills just... but you also didn't settle on revision one two or three and i won't probably settle on yeah the fourth one yeah it's got to be right <laughs> it's got to be perfect or i don't i don't want it right? you're not shooting for a timeline yeah. launch you're shooting for the product if i don't want to wear it no one else is going to want to wear it so it's well also it's like one of those soon as you see it you're like mm. and the prototypes we have got so far the fit hasn't been great yeah the last so, one was pretty good but it's just still like i said it's got to be perfect or... yeah so yeah it'll i think it'll come at the right time and what they've told us so far is once we get the fabric kind of settled on that's when they start printing the fabric so yeah. that'll get it moving and then we can change some in the design because it will take a few months to get that fabric yeah done. And then once we do finalize that and move on to manufacturing, it's about four months of manufacture time. So, yeah. Gotcha. Lots yeah. of waiting. Yeah. yeah. Hurry up and wait. It's a lot of waiting. You're just like waiting for an email to come in or hoping your stuff's going to show up. Or, yeah. Well, and it's Chinese New Year right now. So Nothing's moving nothing overseas. Moving. So well, we're hoping our stuff took off before yeah. it started. And even if like if you, you're going to get stuff made like in Canada or North America, all the fabric comes from overseas anyway. Yep. So like it's just it's just a backlog of just waiting and waiting. And waiting. Yeah. The company that we work with, uh, we just for the first time worked with them, um, just getting some basic branded tees mm -hmm. uh, that are shipping out of Mexico, yeah. which quality was decent. Um, the fact that there, there's no 18% duties because of NAFTA and yeah. everything is kind of nice. So yeah. I'm hoping to see more companies move to 
not companies move to Mexico, but see more availability out of Mexico to keep it so we're not waiting on everything from China. Well, and that's the little things like lots of people don't understand. Like you can get like the fabric sent over to Canada, but then you pay like an additional tax if you get it sent here. So yep. like, or if you get it sent to like say Taiwan, yep. they don't pay that tax. So then you save eighteen percent yep. right right there. Well, there's brands that we were looking at. We go down to Texas for our buying shows, and so there's brands that are shipped into the states that have been taxed 18%, but then to bring them back up to Canada, there's another 18%. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not selling $80 T-shirts that are cotton T-shirts. Well, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. We'll never sell them. I mean, it's, no. If you're like a beer bag selling a T-shirt for $80. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's it's not easy. And with COVID supply chain issues, everything that, that has affected it, we're not seeing that go down the costs or anything like that. Oh, so. I hope this COVID supply chain thing is over soon. It doesn't seem like it's going to be. No, not for pricing. I mean, we're starting Price to see product roll happen. in. It never goes down. To bring it down. Yeah. Yeah. So do what you can do. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Check it out. Ovastone.com.ca. Ovastone.ca. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, this episode brought to you by Ballistics Custom Turrets. Um, HHTF10 for 10% off your next ballistic order.